a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast with uh, Chris Wheeler from Suzuki. Uh, he's the motocross manager there at Suzuki. Started... Um, I want to say like early, mid last year, he got promoted from the R&D department into being the big boss at Suzuki and holy crap, he's got a lot of work ahead of him. Uh, you know, he's got to rebuild the amateur program. He's got to get a 250F program going. He's got to work on the production 250F a little bit. He's got a 2018 uh, new RMZ 450 coming that he, he doesn't talk about in this podcast because he can't, but that's coming. And then he had Yoshimura Suzuki fold up on him, and he had to find some money for RCH. And somehow he pulled this JGR deal out of his ass, and and, and uh, he and everyone involved in that deserves uh, some props for for getting those guys on Suzuki. So, yeah, wheels, very busy. He went from a, a life of off road manager slash R and D guy to throw being thrown into the fire. Uh, I've known him for a long time. I met him. Probably around the KTM days and around 2000, I knew of him racing and everything, and then got to know him when he was riding KTM guys. Uh, he was on AM Leonard KTM, as he talks about in here. Kind of got to know him that way through Regis Harrington as El Cajon kid, uh, but as he tells us here, he wasn't always an El Cajon kid, which I didn't know. So great work by me fact-checking that. I thought he was a born-and-raised El Cajon dude. But um, anyways... Yeah, Wheels was always fast and uh, always crashed, and uh, everyone would go, holy shit, look how fast he's going, and then he would wad up and hurt himself. He's had some real serious injuries, especially the one with Blackfoot Honda back in the day. That was the last time he raced um, professionally. Anyways, he gets into that a little bit. But uh, always a good dude, quiet, uh, funny, though, great sense of humor. And uh, it's funny, though, like, it's I'm getting old. Where, like, my buddies like John Knowles, JT, Chris Wheeler, J-Bone, um, trying to think of some other guys. I'm sure there's some other guys off the top of my head that I can't think of right now. But these guys are these guys are all, like, goofball, jerk-off buddies of mine that I met back in the mid-90s. Watson, for example, too. Um, and now they're, like, in charge of stuff and, like, super important Um it's really funny that way. I guess if so, kids, just if you're listening to this, I guess my advice would be just keep keep being a jerk off buddy for a long time, and eventually, if, if you stick around long enough, you'll get to be in charge of something or somebody or whatever. Like like Chris Wheeler is like super important, and to me, he's just Wheeler. And John Knowles has got a lot of big budget with Scott and decides a lot of what goes on with Scott, and he's just Knowles. I mean, it's just hilarious, right? So funny that way j-bone j-bone was just in fresno smooth and all of a sudden he, he runs a whole team so anyways it's just funny that way i think that that's uh 
an interesting look as it goes on in the industry. And now we're supposed to be all these professional dudes, and it's hard to be professional and all that when you go way back with these guys. But we all are. We're getting old, which is super depressing. But And then maybe the guys ahead of us that were ahead of us in the pecking order or ahead of these guys anyways, maybe they just died or left the industry. And that's so it's like attrition. You get to be boss. But anyways... So Chris Wheeler, super important dude to Suzuki, and uh, lots of things to do on his plate. He's working hard, man. He's trying. Uh, he's got to get. He's got to make Suzuki great again, and uh, he's got a lot of work ahead of him. But uh, he can do it. He knows the sport inside and out. And if the powers that be, you know, his big bosses give him budget and and get going, as I said in this podcast, it wasn't that long ago that there were no Yamahas on the track. Yamahas sucked, and uh, now they're great bikes. And they give away a lot of support to the racing people, and I think it's rebounded in sales a little bit. And so, yeah, there's there's all that. So, um, I wish you would have talked a little more about. I asked him near the end about uh, James and the Yosh and Mike Webb and all that. He really didn't want to get into it. He he played coy. He, you can hear his answer in here. He 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 knows more and wants to talk about it more. But he, I think they just all want to move on and try to erase that part of his life. Uh, James was great for the team, got him a lot of wins, but the last year was not not so pretty. But anyway, so MotorcycleSuperstore.com, RacerX Podcast, brought to you by Fox Racing. Thanks to the guys at Fox for uh, coming on. And also to um, uh, Racetech and Michelin, they run a commercial in these pods. And thanks to people for uh, listening. Subscribe to RacerX. There's lots of things in the magazine. Well, everything in the magazine, you know, we don't talk about online. There's no race reports in there and things like that. There's interesting features and stories and and graphs and stats and lots of cool things. So subscribe on racerxonline.com. All right, buddy. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Mathis. I'm only doing these because SwissCore made me and uh, enjoy the show. Welcome everybody to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. MotorcycleSuperstore.com. You go there, Check out over 700 trusted brands. Uh, t- type in the code PB-PULP16 to save money. And, uh, yeah, you save, I save. Motorcycle Superstore loves you. I love you. And then we're good. So uh, whatever you need from talking about going riding, bench racing from their latest company rides or the latest parts and gear, Motorcycle Superstore has it. Um, and we thank those guys for coming on board. And, of course, Fox Racing, foxhead.com, the, com, the global innovation leader in motocross race where Kenny Roxon, Ryan Dungy, just a few of the guys that wear Fox. 2017 stuff out now. We'll see. I'm sure we'll see some limited editions coming up in Supercross. I know of one thing they're doing with Roxon that is going to be typical Fox, which will be cool. I don't think they're going to sell it, but they're going to do it. And uh, so Foxhead.com, global innovation leader in motocross racewear, and uh, we thank those guys. Of course, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, a friend of mine from way back in the day. Uh, we were kind of pseudo KTM teammates, uh, AM Leonard and Factory KTM, and and I've known him for a long time, and um, happy to have him on the show. He's the motocross manager now for Suzuki USA. Chris Wheeler, what's up, Wheels? Oh, not much. Talking to you, hanging out on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Thanks nice for weather. Fun. Well, um, we tried to do this for a long time now, and uh, I don't care if it's Saturday. We're doing it. Like I don't care. <laughs> that it's your day off. It doesn't matter. Oh, so. there's no day off, especially crunch time coming up to A1. So yeah, all yeah. good. Yeah, that's true. Um, for people who don't know, you race pro for a number of years uh, for a few different teams, and we'll get into that. Uh, then Suzuki R&D, and then now you're the motocross manager. Now, it's funny, though, Wheeler, because like I've known you for so long and always said hi and, and seen you around the races, and you're around more now, and you are as stressed 
as ever right now. Did you? Maybe you should call Suzuki back and say, "Hey, can I have my old R and D gig back?" Life was no. easier. Absolutely, no. It's uh, it's definitely been a stressful uh, six to eight months. Just we did a lot of changes, a lot of restructuring, and um, yeah, things we thought were going didn't, and uh, so mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're we're finally we're close. I can't wait to get the first gate drop going. Yeah, really, right? I can imagine how friggin' busy your phone is and everything. I mean, everybody's trying to get bikes and parts and everything else, and and Suzuki, and and you know, I'm. Pardon my honesty, but yeah, you guys are aren't exactly flowing with cash right now, and you're trying to get a racing program getting started again, building it up again. Um, you know, from a low point of say two, three years ago, uh, bike sales are are trying to be up, and so it's it's not an easy thing. You've got to put ten pounds of crap into a five pound bag, I guess, right? Every single day, like you got to try to make it work. Yeah, exactly. We're we're you know trying to create that foundation that we can build upon and. I think we've done a good job as far as um, adjusting the strategy, racing strategy, mm-hmm. into next year and moving forward. You know, the, the the past few years, the amateur program had disappeared. You know, our 250 effort was, uh, you know, missing, and it was basically we had two factory uh, 450 teams, mm-hmm. um, but there was no, you know, pathway for, for anyone to climb up through the ranks on a Suzuki. So we looked at, uh, you know, where things currently were and, and how to – do that moving forward. And then obviously we, we made our plans. Um, but you know, on my side, just learning the ropes and really digging in here and seeing all the things that, that have to be done and all the, you know, all the hurdles and paperwork and, you know, just all of a sudden my number got out there and everyone started calling me. That was probably me. That was probably, that was me sending it to everybody. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) No, it's, it's, it just, I, it was like a tipping point. Like I was like, man, I'm not really getting, you know, two handed. This was a too bad. And then all of a sudden it was like <laughs> the floodgates open and, uh, I, I feel bad cause you know, I, I want to, I don't want to be flaky and not get back to anyone, but it's just, it's, if I take all the calls and emails and it's just like, I would not get any work done. So it's been a, that's been in itself a big challenge, but, uh, it's good. We're finally, finally getting, um, I feel like we've got our feet under us and, um, you know, we got the RCH thing and JGR and, mm-hmm. and all them on board. So, so that's good moving forward. And uh, like I said, we're crunch time right now for A1. So, um, and also too, as a former racer, you've been there. You never reached superstardom or anything like that. You had a few rides here and there. You're you completely understand these teams and riders that are calling you that just want anything. And because you were that guy for many years, Absolutely. and it's got to be so tough for you either to tell them no. It's got to be so tough. Like Pat Alexander, the guy that did your job forever, uh, or the old the guy did your job uh, before and has been doing it forever, uh, never raced. He probably got so jaded with just telling everybody to, to beat it that it didn't matter to you. I, I would think, and that's not a slam on Pat, it's just you know when you get older and you get do a job for a long time, that's how you, you get. You... You've got to be like, ah, oh, I'm so sorry, dude. I know you. You know, I know you're a racer. I want to help you. I want to get you on yellow, but I have nothing. It, it is. You're absolutely right. Like I just, you know, there's a lot of good people, a lot of good guys in the industry. You know, kids busting their butt, and mm-hmm. it's just like, man, there's just you've got to work with the budget you have, and yep. it's, it's got to fit into the plan and and stuff. And the hard part, and what I'm trying to to focus on is, um, is just not 
stringing anyone along, not, you know, like I want to help. I want to do as much as I can. And then things change. We've had a few pivots already that, you know, I think we're going one way and it looks like this is happening. And I start and I can't, you know, I want to tell someone, Hey, it looks like Mm -hmm. this is going to go. But if I tell them, Hey, hold on, it's coming. And then, and then for some reason it doesn't, or upper management says, Nope, we got to pull the plug. And then, I, you know, I ended up looking like a bad thing. And I know that was hard for Pat too, because that actually happened to me when I raced for the amateur Suzuki program back in the nineties. I was, mm-hmm. I was told I was on the prime pulse team. Didn't sign anything else was, you know, told, hold off, don't do anything. And next thing I know it's December 1st and, and I'm 18 years old and I don't have a ride. And, yeah. and I'm like, wait, what? I'm what? like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's, I get it. Like seeing this side of it now, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I look back and I'm like, wow, I didn't understand at the time, but it's, it's hard. And it's, corporate side is, is definitely yeah. a lot of challenges um and also too I like, to, I like to bring up this story like again i said suzuki you guys aren't selling that many bikes there's a new 450 coming from what we hear and that should help things and development has been a bit stagnated over years but i always say the same thing to people there was a time i, I added this up in 2004 there was one yamaha uh, as a privateer in the 250 class in the 60-something qualifications before the night show. Uh, I think there was one other Yamaha outside of a star guy. There was, like, Ryan Sipes and one privateer. Nobody wanted to ride a Yamaha. No one – they weren't doing much. They weren't helping out many people. And they the, – the, the 4DF was a little bit dated. And, you know, nowadays they're everywhere. Blue Crew's everywhere. They're helping out people. They're giving a lot of support, a lot of teams, everything else. I always point to – when people talk about Suzuki, I'm like, hey – they can get it back. It's possible because Yamaha wasn't far off not that long ago. So there you go, Wheeler. There, there's a path for you there. No, absolutely. It's It comes in cycles. And, uh, you know, I know coming from the R&D side, I know that uh, <clears throat> the engineers that we have in Japan, they're really good. Um, it's just a matter of getting everything in place and turning that uh, turning that faucet on, basically. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know some things that are going on, so... I'm confident. Yeah. So, um, you know, and then now what we're trying to do is just we're trying to prepare for when that time comes. You know, we, uh, you know, as you saw, JGR has, um, you know, the 250 effort going mm-hmm. on with, uh, with with Yoshimir. So that's uh, it's a good starter. Um, uh, excited to get that going. And uh, to your point, you know, exactly. So, um, hey, and congratulations. Let's talk a little bit about that. You, you, you guys, I talked to Kyle Bentley at RCH there and really they everybody at RCH, it was touch and go and. Carmichael and Hart were struggling trying to find funding. It's funny how they go from every every part on the bike is covered with the stickers to you know to barely going racing the next year. That's that's really tough. But anyways, everybody at RCA that I talked to gives full credit to Suzuki, yeah, yourself, Chris, and whoever else, your bosses, for getting them going, finding some money for them, and and Brock Tickle and uh, and Justin Bogle are going racing. So that's a that was a close. It was a close one, but but nice work on that, pulling that off and making sure that they go racing. Yeah, thanks. No, absolutely. It's it. It was tough. Tough. There was, you know, sponsors that were in, sponsors that were out, and it was you know constant flux. And and um, you know, they 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 came off winning the championship. They've got a really strong team. The the crew is good. They all they've been working together. You know, they. It was interesting to me seeing you know how they had those struggles with with Roxon early on with you know the, the comments that were made from mm-hmm. his dad and and yep. just some you know it was it's tough. That's a tough thing as a team to. Yeah. But I mean, they they really kept it in house and and hunkered down, and they came out the other side like really strong. And and um, I mean, look at what he did to finish out you know mm-hmm. last season or this season. Um, 
you know, he got on a tear there at the end of Supercross and carried that into outdoors. So, I mean, that speaks a lot, you know, when you go through troubles like that and you're able to, as a team, to, to regroup and, and build out. So that, that was nice for them to see. So, um, but again, like you said, just, I don't know what it is, sponsors, some of them, yeah. uh, you know, were in and then all of a sudden they were out and, um, so, you know, we had to get creative and, and yeah, someone there, some, someone there told me they had three letters of intent with outside sponsors that were like, yep, we're going. And they could never close yeah. the deal. Like it was, yeah, they had, there was, I mean, there was some interesting things that were like, wow, what, you know, what happened there? And, and some stuff yeah. ended up coming through, some didn't. So, you know, it was, it's, that's just a tough area. It's a tough, tough thing to do. And, you know, I don't know, you know, what it is, presidential elections, who knows, but, uh, <laughs> it's just. It was this time of year, and but I'm good that we're got over the hump, and we finally, uh, you know, they did the, yeah. the photo shoot, everything this week on Thursday, a couple mm-hmm. of days ago, and um, yeah, so. Um, and the so, JGR thing, on. and the JGR thing. Now you're not going to tell us, but from what I hear, you got those guys for nothing, basically nothing. Um, and that's awesome by you guys. They wanted out of Yamaha, and I know you can't talk about it, Wheeler. You're going to be politically correct, but. You, that's a terrific uh, job by you and everyone at Suzuki to get that team on yellow. They have a, an awesome foundation, of course, uh, uh, you know, terrific presence at the pits, uh, in the pits, and a, a great name. And just think about it, this RCA thing was how close it was if you, if you, if you hadn't gotten the JGR thing. Um, and then somehow you convinced Coy to run 250Fs. That's an awesome deal. Uh, so congrats on that whole thing, man. That, that's, a, that's a great get. And hopefully this is the start of, like, you know, a long-time relationship with them because I, I think they're pretty loyal. I think they're in it for the long haul, uh, according to Coy. And, and this could be really something that, you know, you can hang your hat on. Yeah, we hope so. I mean, as you said, they, they do a really good job. They're, they've, <clears throat> they've been hunkered down for a while, and, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're, they're here to stay. It's like, um, so, you know, when we okay, started just, talking. Just, just who calls who first? How does that happen? You don't got to go through the ins and outs, but do you call Coy and be like, hey, uh, what are you doing? Or does he say, hey, do you got anything for me? Like, who starts first? Well, it was, it was, an, it was a weird deal because it was, um, you know, we, we, had, uh, we had already had meetings and strategized what we were doing and, mm-hmm. and kind of who we were planning on being involved with. And um, there was a mutual friend that, that Jeremy and I had um, – that kind of sent out a text and it was like, Dave Castillo. Like a... Yeah. Dave Castillo. <laughs> well, so yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so basically he, um, the text came through and it just uh-huh. was kind of introducing us. Cause I'd never really spoken to Jeremy. I, you know, sure, yeah. know who he is and, yeah. and of course, and, um, so we just, that's kind of how it sparked. And, and it was kind of late in the whole. Yeah. Program, so, you know, we were, you know, we were kind of already, you know, moving along with, mm-hmm. with kind of how our budget was and how we were planning on allocating it. And just, they were, you know, they were very interested in, in, in just making a switch and, and, um, you know, everything, all the conversations were good, very positive and, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were easy to work with and everything. So, uh, it, like you said, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that it worked out. Suzuki's excited to have him on board and, and, um, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, um, how it, how it turns out because so far it's been good, yep. said easy to work with, and uh, you know they've been going above and beyond, and everybody seems to be working together really mm-hmm. well between between the RCH guys and, and Yoshimura and, uh, and JGR. So 
that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we need all our guys working together as best as we can, because, you know, a lot of the other programs are, are got a lot of money invested and they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're going for it. So we've got to do the same. Yeah. Yeah. Fair to say, like, and I don't understand this Wheeler, I don't get it, but like fair to say that tensions between the Yosh Suzuki guys and the RCH guys who are trying to do the same thing and have, you know, Kenny Roxon and James Stewart as their two high profile riders and everything else, like tensions were, were high there at times. And I don't, I was just shook my head. I'm like, who cares? What are you guys doing? You're both yellow. You both got yellow <laughs> fenders. Like, like what's the problem here? You know? I don't know. I just it, yeah, that kind of it's, stuff is it's tough. I mean, you know how racing is and competitive and everybody's you know, everyone wants to be the best and win and that's what these guys that's why they excel in these positions and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, there's some guys that are easygoing and stuff, but you know, you have them working out of the same building, going after the same stuff. It's mm-hmm. just things flare up and sometimes it's all good, no problem, and other times it's like <laughs> you know, like you I said, know. What are you doing? Come on. Dude, we're so, all yeah, you're all like Go go get mad at Bentley and go get mad at Jimmy Perry. Don't get mad at each other. Like you know, it's, it's, I don't. Under, I never understood that. And I got, and I heard it from both sides. Like I didn't I heard the RCH guys complaining. I heard the Yoshimura guys complaining. And I'm always like, what are you guys doing? Anyways, um, yeah. So I mean, that's what we kind of that was. You know, moving forward, we're we're, we're working on that. And um, yeah. you know, like I said, sometimes things flare up. But it just it's racing, man. These guys are competitive, and it's good to have those competitive views. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know. As a as an R and D guy, that's your heart is that as a racer and R and D you did that. How long did you do that for Suzuki? Like how how many years were you? Well, the first time I ever did R and D was in uh, the summer of '96. Oh my god, um, longer than I even thought. He, okay, so. yeah, like I went. It was interesting. I went with the Coster. He actually was went my first two days, and I actually tested with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, officially, I started in '97. Like '96 uh, was just kind of a, I don't know if it was a tryout or what it was, but '97 I started. Okay, so '97 like to a, 2000 and mm-hmm. and whatever uh, 12. Yeah, 13. well, I've actually did it. I, I've done it all the way up until <laughs> the the current model. So right. Um, so my point is is and I'm and I'm guilty of this wheeler. So I'm not going to like point fingers at everybody and not point fingers at myself. But uh, Kenny Roxon just won the outdoor title on an RMZ 450, and it is a bit dated. There have been changes. The Triple Air Fork came in and some frame changes and things like that. Do you feel like the bike gets a bit of a bad rap by media and magazines and everything else? I mean, it did just beat everybody else for a title. Um, and, and we know, you and I both know the rider has the majority to do with it. But you can't. The bike is something. bike deserves some credit there. And, you know, we're we're a little bit harsh on it. Do you, and, and as a guy that wrote it and tested it and, and, and all that, do, do, do you take that to heart a little bit? Dude, it's the best bike. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Come on. Well, a lot of media I'm doesn't not, seem to I'm think so, Wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm, 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 on all seriousness, yes. I mean, yeah, you could say, well, I'm Suzuki guy, of course, but no, I absolutely, but, yeah. you know, I, I it, sometimes it bums me out. I'm just like, you know, because I ride them all and, yep. and you know, I, I compare them and reference them over the years and stuff. And to me, it's always, I, I think the chassis is, is hugely important. And I think that's where we really excel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's for a guy to take a bike and, and, uh, it, it, everyone's going to like do something to the engine, maybe throw an exhaust yeah. system on it and, and revalve the suspension, you know, to their settings or, or most guys. will. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard chasing a chassis setting. Like if you, you know, you get your bike and you're like, man, I don't, I can't yeah. turn the thing or I, 
like now you got clamps and links and yeah you got you know you're just getting into this yeah to me i feel like we never get enough credit in that area where it's always like we get picked on because you know we when we when we do the testing we we really would focus on you know making sure that that it 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 turns and it and it and it it basically turns for you Uh like uh, that's always my goal is going hey it, it it's so consistent in the corners. Like you don't have to think about cornering. It just, it just does it. And it's a lot of work. Like you really have to focus in on that mm-hmm. um, through all the frame changes. And, um, and also to the, the power, you know, it's, 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 it's not like the Yamaha's are like has really big power in the KTM, but the power is very usable for a mm-hmm. 450. And we try to match all that stuff together. Um, so, you know, I, I do feel that it gets beat up. We, you know, one of the things that, that I don't think Suzuki did properly was just the plastics and stuff. I think they should right. have changed that because that was, you know, people look at it yep. and there's like, they just see the same plastic mold mm-hmm. and not only that, but the colorways, I think they, they could have mixed and matched and changed it up throughout the years to really yeah, differentiate. Like, like Funny how that the, works, right? The, just little stuff like that where people are like, oh yeah. Like it's just, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say trickery, but you just, yeah people got in the sense of going like, Hey, it's the same plastic for, but the bikes changed a lot. It absolutely has. Yeah. I mean, when you make a frame change, no matter if it's small or big, you know, it, it, yeah. it yeah, changes the whole character. Yep. It yep. can. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the frame has gone through some revisions almost, you know, mm-hmm. every two to, to three years. So, um, so yeah, back to your point, it, it does bum me out a little bit, but, uh, you know, yeah. at some points I get it. I understand like, you, you know, on some areas we didn't do the best, but uh. Rumors are, rumors that. are, rumors are there might be fixed for 2018. That's the rumors, Wheeler. Might be something wow. coming up down the line. Um, You're cutting out again. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> you know what also, too, is funny about the Suzuki is, and everyone says this, you look at the weight on the scale, and it's heavy. You ride on the track. It's not on the track. Absolutely yep, not. On the track, everyone's like, man, I think this thing's the lightest bike. I think it turns better. I think it flows better. Yep. It's so funny. Suzuki's always been that way. It's been heavy, but on the track, it does not feel that way at all. No, and that's true. Like, you, you read the, the number on the page, and you're like, well, it's, yeah. you know, it's like this. It's, I think it's the same as the Yamaha. It's maybe Close, a pound yeah. heavier, yeah. lighter. Yeah, I lighter, don't know which way yeah. it is. Yeah. Depends on who's, what magazine is riding it. but. <laughs> But absolutely, when you ride it, it's it's not. And it kind of goes back to that whole, sometimes I think the weight almost helps it stay very, because it's very planted. Sure. Um, and it turns very consistent. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I think that's that's part of it. But, uh, yep, you're, you, it's because I went to a lot of shootouts over the years. Yeah, um, yeah. Just helping out, you know, when, when, when there were certain years I would be involved in that and just kind of help with settings and listen to what the guys would say. And it was always good for me to bring that back to, to Japan and hear, you know, these mm-hmm. are all the magazines are saying, all the different riders. And, and, um, the one thing that was interesting was, was that comment was, was almost always said. Mm-hmm. And the other one was how easy, like, cause everyone's jumping from bike to bike to bike and yeah. they always would go, man, I get on this thing and immediately first lap, I feel comfortable. Right, that was right. like, that's such a common theme on that. Yeah. And, and you know, so, so yeah, at some point you guys are like, Hey, what does our bike do? Well, uh, it fits everybody comfy bars, pegs, mm-hmm. seat tank. Everybody gets on. It feels comfy. Uh, everyone says it turns good. Um, so you're like, don't the engineers are like, don't fix it if it's not broke. But yet the public goes, yeah, same bike. So you see both yeah, sides of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I get it. I, I yeah. understand completely. And and I, I mean, I did report saying, Hey, you know, let's think about this or try to adjust this. And, and it's on the radar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, moving forward, you know, that's, yeah. it's going to, 
you know, there'll be good stuff. So, and a and a big part of your gig, I imagine, is you touched on it earlier. Um, getting the amateur program going, getting the 250F program going. It's it's a little bit. Uh, we talk about the 450 being dated. Wow, the 250 where is motor where motor is everything, and and you guys got to get that up a little bit more to the competition. But that's Wheeler. That's and we we've talked privately about it. Like. That's where you get the kids going, and you get a you get a path into the JGR program, like you talked about, and you get them into the big bikes, and that's what everyone else has done. And it, it does take resources, aka money, but that's really a start where you can start making a difference. Yeah, no, I mean that's exactly you know what I mentioned before is is kind of a you know the strategy. Yep. And that two fifty, it's it's interesting. I think when when we did the development on that, and I talked to the engineers and. You know, in stock trim, the bike, the Suzuki and the Honda, you know, they're not the the rocket ships. Mm -hmm. Um, But what Suzuki did do, what the engineers did, and I don't think, you know, it was was vocalized enough, but they made that engine to where an aftermarket company could take it and and build it into a full race engine Mm -hmm. and keep a lot of durability. I know the Superstore guys this year, um, Jim Lewis was, like, really surprised at how – how much many about, hours they were much, getting out of yeah. there? And how, how much? How much mean, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, just how many? How many hours they would get out of the race engines? Because their budget was, you know, they were racing off a, a tight budget, and they yep. had to be, you know, they had to push the the time on parts. And and it was funny when we talked about it early on. I'm like, well, it's it's funny you bring that up because that was, you know, one of the things that they wanted to be able to take, have people build the engines out and uh, and get time on them, you know, versus. Yep. You know some of the other brands, man. They 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 don't go lost long at all before they grenade. So, um, so that's something we just need to, you know, we just need to start getting those um, those aftermarket companies and knowing that when you buy a Suzuki, that there's a place you can go and get a, a, a great package to put on it. You know, mm-hmm. so that's where these, you know, this race, these two race programs coming into place is, right. is hopefully, you know, going to trickle out and into the customers' hands. Um. You're a pretty laid back, nice guy, pretty funny, good sense of humor. But I mean, as your job as a motocross manager, and I don't know how much Pat did this at all, but like, are you going to go and call Coy and J Bone or call Kyle Bentley at RCH? Like, if things aren't working out, are you going to be the type of like, is it your job to call these guys and kind of, I don't want to say ream them out, Wheeler, but like, you want results. You're supporting these guys financially, product wise, um, uh, parts wise, everything else. Like, how. Do you just sit back now and go, eh, it is what it is, and let them run the program? Or, or is the job of a motocross manager to call once in a while and be like, what are you guys doing? I don't know. Well, I don't, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's what we're spending all this money, you know, yeah. um, okay. to go racing. And to, to, I mean, at the end of the day, we want to sell bikes. We yeah. want to get the, the perception and the image out there that Suzuki is hungry, that, that that's what we're doing. That's why we, 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 made some changes as obviously you can see how you know the changes we made so it's not i mean so far everybody's been been busting their butt so you know but if it has to take the call to say hey this is not i mean i've already had to do some of that stuff oh have you okay because dude you're such a nice guy i don't know i can't see how you would like get on somebody you know like it's a good sense of humor now they shut your mouth (laughs) all right see there we go (laughs) damn it okay i got it No, we're we're good. Yeah. If it has to happen, it has yeah. to happen. I mean, it's you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, um, hey, so R and D. I want to get into the R and D end of things that you did for so long. 
and he, like you said, he started in '96 and, and and worked there. And our mutual friend Rich Taylor, of course, was there forever for a long time. Um, did you feel like when you raced Wheeler, you were always really good at telling what a bike can do, or did you have to sort of learn it? I've heard from other people like like neutral parties that you're really good at it and you can really tell what a bike can do and and, and you know you're, you're a great tester. But I guess that's something you learn, right? Or did you always like when you were a kid? Were you like, hey, dad, let's let's change compression, or hey, let's let's do this? I mean, what kind of? No, no. Yeah, I when I was a kid, I didn't. I just rode. I just I just went out to the desert and, and did my <laughs> laps. And actually, I didn't even do my laps. I would just goof off all the time and just ride. You know, play ride, or uh-huh. sometimes do laps. So I think it just kind of. I, I don't know. Like, I think once I started getting to the pro side, I, mm-hmm. I kind of just picked it up. And then I learned a ton from Rich, you know, obviously testing with him. Um, I think I had a decent feel for everything, you know, pretty technical mm-hmm. um, on my riding side. So I, I, I had good feedback, but learning how to articulate it, it was, that's the hardest part. Yeah. Being able to spit out the other side of, okay, because you'll feel it, but some guys mm-hmm. can't put it into, well, it's the shock, it's the frame, it's the tire. Um, and I think, you know, I did learn a lot from Rich being, you know, just him and I out there and, yeah. and, you know, all the time and listening to what, how he kind of translated it. And it's tough, especially with the, with, um, you know, you know, the Japanese engineers, yeah, you've yeah. got to, not only do you have to go ride at, at, at speed, you've got to feel what, what's, what the bike is doing. And then you've got to be able to remember all the details once you come in. And then you've got to you've got to explain it to them, while making sure that you know the the language barrier or the mm-hmm. you know, the, the the gap there is you know sometimes I'm I've had times where I'm like, hey, uh, it's doing this. Can we you know can we go in two on rebound or something? Or I'll just the way I'll explain it, and yep. then and then. <laughs> And then I'll watch the, you know, yeah. I've I watched the guy go, go out and I'm like, wait, <laughs> no, I meant, you know, and like, yeah. so you, you just, yeah. sometimes you just, you have to be really, you kind of learn phrases and terms that everyone's on the same page and you right. kind of, you kind of build a system out. So it's not so easy to just to bring someone new in. It's, um, you know, cause not only do they have to know how to ride, but they have to be able to test, but then also how to articulate it and then articulate it. And make sure that it, it that they understand, you know, uh-huh. engineers understand what you're yeah. saying. So it's it's difficult. It's a lot harder than people think. Yeah, I, I would so, think so, right? Yeah, it's it's. I think it, I just learned it like being around the right people. You mm-hmm. know, obviously, Rich Rich um, was a big help for me in that area, and he you know he had years under his belt with Honda, and he learned a lot with with that. And so, I think that helped me speed up the process very quickly. Um, what model was there a model of RM? Z or RM itself that you felt like you had a real good impact on or with or were proud of or spent the most time on? Is there is there something that comes to mind? Uh, there's not a model that stands out. I want to say. I mean, I know we the 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 end of the two strokes there. The oh mm-hmm. fives five right. uh, RM two fifty and um, and uh, you know the four stroke like the. The RMZ 250 on in 11, I think we won like yeah. five out of the seven shootouts in 2011. Uh-huh. I know that one was, that was actually pretty good because we, 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 we did a lot of work on that. We, we, um, we had all the models, we wrote them all. We did a lot of, a lot of testing and, um, we pushed hard, you know, like 
we we didn't feel like we were to the point we needed to, so we 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 kept fighting and saying, hey, we need more time. You guys mm-hmm. need to come back. You know, oh, okay. get the engineers yeah, yeah. here. We kept pushing, so that was a really good one. Um, and then the 08 was interesting too. When you know the first EFI mm-hmm. or FI bike, um, that was we did a lot of work on that too. Um, and that one had a little bit of a weird. I can't remember what what happened that, but it kind of delayed it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but those two models were, yeah, we did a lot of work on those. What about when you were getting a new 450 four-stroke ready and all of a sudden you hear that Ricky Carmichael's coming? And you're like, oh, we just really <laughs> got to work on this some more. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did a lot of, We I remember we did a lot of frame stuff. I uh-huh. remember, man, we were at a com- competitive edge one time and I can't even remember the number of frames we had. It was like... <laughs> It was insanity. Like we, like we had them numbered from like A to H. There oh was just no like way. all these different numbers. Jeez. Yeah, and we were just going through frames and and just making sure that that it was all good. You know. Um, yeah, I was but, uh, I, I was at Yamaha then, and we were always really surprised that that thing didn't break more. It never broke the RMZ that Ricky rode, but he rode the shit out of it, revving it and popping and farting, and we're like, that thing's gonna yeah. go. It's gonna <laughs> blow up. It's gonna. It can't last. And, and God damn it, Wheeler, it lasted every moto. <laughs> yeah he's man he's yeah he's a hammerhead he he makes it happen so uh, you're right it's like you're surprised that you know he got some of those 24 straight motos oh. just with how hard he pushes things um but yeah it was funny when you're you're when you were talking about the first one coming mm-hmm. i remember rich and i we were kind of pushing suzuki like hey when when are we going to get a four stroke this was right. back in well what oh. was the first oh, the first oh, one was like oh one so no the first 98 sorry 98 98 yeah sorry no 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 that well that was yamaha yeah like for suzuki our oh, first uh oh five first i think was oh five wasn't it was it oh oh yeah oh five yeah right yeah so i remember man what year was it I, I can't remember what year it was but rich and i we were like man you know everyone was coming out with them yeah. honda had come out with theirs and then um so we were like, you know, when are we going to do a four stroke? And we were always asking and, yeah. and they're, you know, they're pretty vague and they're just, they don't really say much. And, and we got all excited. We we were told, Hey, we're going to Carlsbad. You guys absolutely need to be there. It's it's a big test. And uh-huh. So Rich and I get all excited. Yeah. So I remember we get there and it was, it was when they were, um, it was when they were switching to the aluminum frame oh. and we were like, <laughs> we were like, Oh, it was cool, but at the same time, we were like so bummed out. We we uh, first Carlsbad testing was always brutal, just yeah. blue groove right, all day long, right, right. blisters. Um, yeah, Rich and I were just like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> <laughs> so, and hey, the RM250 near the end of its cycle was damn good. But I know from being at Yamaha, all you guys did was copy a Yamaha motor. You really did. Bore stroke, <laughs> the opening, the power valves, dude. It was a Yamaha motor. It still is. So, anyway, it was it was good. It's funny we mess with different things like those engines and different chassis, and and our engine was always really like always improved the other chassis. It seemed like so. Um, but mm-hmm. it's funny. I rode a I rode an RM250. We we built like a okay. We were goofing around. We we built one in an aluminum frame just uh, man a while ago, and um and uh I rode the thing, and mm-hmm. I hadn't ridden it since we tested back in oh. Okay. Five, six, or something. Yeah, or whatever, whatever right? Two stroke. Yep. And that engine is good. Yeah. It's really good. Because it's a Yamaha I, I, motor. It's a Yamaha <laughs> motor, Wheeler. It is good. It, okay. Dude, when <laughs> okay. I was at Yamaha in 03 and 04, Chad's there, Timmy's there, Villeman's there, we were putting on stuff to test that MC rode in like 98 and 99. 
because you couldn't get any better. They're like, mm-hmm. this is awesome. And we wouldn't we would run new parts, of course, but in testing, they'd pull out a head or a cylinder marked MC. And it just it's just like this is perfect. What do you want to do to it? Like it's awesome. It's bottom end, top, mid, top, everything. Here we go. You know? So I yeah, swear Bob to, Bob Oliver at Yamaha could probably port one of those with his eyes closed. I swear he probably could do it with his eyes closed. Tony did. I know. Um well, I've got to ask you about two strokes because you're on the line. I, I, I don't even care, but people will listen. Uh, are there any two strokes coming up from our, our Suzuki? You got everybody excited at Loretta's Wheeler, but I, I, I honestly can't answer that. I, I don't know. I mean, we always are, you know, doing projects and fun stuff here and in, in, mm-hmm. in the R and D side, or well, we're, you know, but it's just for when there was downtime and on the side type of projects, right? Um. So of course, as an enthusiast, you know it's it'd be nice to have some stuff out there. I know the AMA just this changed the rules a little bit for amateur racing, where they they push the four stroke, the two fifty four yeah, stroke. You've yeah, that's be right. Fourteen yep. to to jump on one. So there's, there's a, a new. They're there. adding a new um, class, right? They're adding a new one twenty five class, right? That's what I yeah. uh, I did hear that. Yeah. 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 So um, but yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know. There's sometimes stuff happens in Japan. I'm like, oh wow, I didn't expect that. And other times, <laughs> I'm like, hey, we should do this, and it doesn't. Right. So. Uh, honestly, I, I I don't know. Right, uh, Chris Wheeler, motocross manager here on the MotorcycleSuperstore dot com RacerX podcast, presented by Fox Race. And listen to these commercials from Race Tech and uh, Michelin. And uh, we'll be right back here with uh, with Chris Wheeler. Thanks everybody for listening to the MotorcycleSuperstore dot com RacerX podcast. Thanks for listening, man. These things are going great, and I'm stoked with the responses from everybody. And uh, you guys have been doing a great job with the downloads. Don't forget the Fly Race and Moto Sixty show on Thursdays. The Pulp MX show on Mondays, the NFAB Racer X Fantasy show sometime in the middle of the week, and the Motorcycle Superstore, they're a passionate team who speak moto. If I'm talking about going riding, bench racing from the latest company ride to the latest parts and gear, this is what drives them to be a place for you to check out all things motorcycles with the top brands in gear, accessories, tires, parts, and apparel. You want to save there. they got everything you need to get out and ride. Go to the website to check out their inventory of brands, uh, over 700 of them. Do you speak moto? If you do, go to MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Use the code PB-PULP16 to 10% off participating brands. PB-PULP16 saves you money. All right, let's get to these commercials from Racetech and Michelin and MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Thanks for listening. See you after the break. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Race Tech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com, and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show.
Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. and. What's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelins uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so... Mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage. And normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit. But this, uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, key for reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. And we're back. MotorcycleSuperstore.com, RacerX Podcast, presented by uh, Fox Racing PB-Pulp16. Go to MotorcycleSuperstore.com and, and save uh, right like that. And uh, do you ever use Racetech, Wheeler? Uh, did you ever? You probably used Racetech at some point or another. I, I did it, I think, uh, 90. Everybody did at some point. So, yeah, at some point, maybe 95. Right. Yeah, at some point I did. Um, so, hey, we talked a little bit about the R&D stuff and uh, talked a little bit about some bikes and racing and everything else, but let's get into your career a little bit. Now, you're from the El Cajon Zone which is pretty awesome, right? Now, you missed the glory years of it, but was, yeah. it, was it still cool? Yeah, I actually, I grew up in Palm Desert, Palm Springs with, you know, Craig Decker, right? Yeah. Obviously. Wait, so yeah, you're, not I, an Alcazon, I, you're not an Alcajon Zone guy? I, I moved there when I was a senior in high school. Ah, so, okay, never mind. So, my, well, I get, so, does that count? I don't even know. Well, I, well, so basically why I moved there is because I would go to Verona Oaks every other weekend when I was growing up. So I drove, I would drive from Palm Desert, Palm Springs to okay. Brona Oaks and race. So I've met, you know, Dustin Nelson and Harrington and Tyler King and, and, and uh -huh. all those, all that crew. And then became really good friends with them and ended up just basically, I was part of the crew. And I, I, I moved there when I was a senior in high school and, and lived in San Diego pretty much ever, ever since. Right. Um, do you have any dogger stories? Any real good dogger stories that you can share? Uh, dog dogger stories um I, you know i didn't meet dogger till i was actually on am leonard i think he came to binghamton i think that's where i first kind of <laughs> met dogger so i was like in 2000 yeah but man he he's that's a good dude he um there's a, a local grand prix race out in east san diego county called at the, at the boat ranch and um it, it, it was like going to the motocross track and it goes into the hills and uh -huh. it's a christmas grand prix basically and dogger would would race and i remember one time uh, 
coming up to him on the fire roads trying to get around him and he was like running me off the side of the road and <laughs> like still super competitive and he's like i'm not letting you buy like we ever right. laughing afterwards but yeah he's yeah he's a good dude um so. yeah i'm trying to get him in the hall of fame can't believe he's not there i've been writing i've I su- submitted an application for him to get him a hall of fame so um yeah that makes no sense that oh i know right absolutely should be in there um, hey, looking at your career, and I didn't, I knew of you Pit Pro days, so that would have been like 97, Pit Pro Suzuki. Yep. Um, and, I, you know, we have lots of mutual friends, and, and obviously I didn't know you that well, but I knew of you. And I honestly, Wheeler, the thing about you that stands out that everybody always said was, Chris Wheeler can go so fast, but, man, he can't keep it on two wheels. Um, <laughs> do you feel like that's probably accurate? Like, everyone was like, dude, Wheeler's fast. Like, he he... You know, we went to this day, and he was fastest guy. We went to this track, and he was fastest. And then you would come to the race, and I mean, you got so many main events and moto good moto finishes. But everyone always like, dude, the guy he just he just wads up. Um, I feel like that's accurate. Yeah, I had a lot of injuries, and uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I think I just for me, I just looking back, I feel like I I got like in the kind of a downward spiral, and it's hard to. When you kind of get going that direction, it's hard to pull out of it. And I think I just wasn't strong enough. I didn't train. I didn't, you know, I didn't do those things. Yeah, so yeah. you, you, you go that speed and then it bites you because you're not prepared or you're not, uh, you know, strong enough or, or, or you get tired at the end of the race or whatever. So yeah. for sure, I think that was probably played into it. And then, you know, being, you know, being on good teams was, was important, which, you know, I didn't have many of those. Um, I think my biggest problem was I started pro too early. Mm-hmm. I, I turned pro when I was, I, I won Loretta's as an intermediate and immediately went pro and next, you know, lined up at yeah. a one the following year I was 16 and I just, you know, I made the mains, but yeah. I don't think I got credit for being, you know, oh, I was young. I should have waited a, a year or two. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, why not? Right? I think, yeah, when, she, well, we, it was just financial. My dad was like, you've got to start pitching in here like i can't even we can't afford it and and stuff so i i mean i don't know how my parents did it i don't know a lot of parents do it it's so expensive but um yeah i just i think if i would have waited a few more years i could have i could have um done a better job at at managing like Mm -hmm. my plan and my program and and getting the right people around me um i think would have helped but you know it is what it is it's funny because you said, I think you said the first time you heard of me was 97, but I was almost, almost your teammate on the PJ one thing. Oh yeah. Really? I'm 96. Well, sort of Okay. supposed to be Suzuki before Yamaha. Oh, I didn't know this. I was not around for, yeah, the, for the start of this. That's thing. how right. early it was. So I, <clears throat> I had talked to, well, actually my dad had talked to Michaelia. Right. Alex, Alex Michaelia. Yeah. Yeah. And they, because I would always go to the Arizona, like golden star CMC races okay. and we met them and, and good people and, and um, so, yeah, they were like, hey, we're doing a team, and, and, and it was Suzuki's. I think we were all riding Suzuki's at this time, and I was already riding through Suzuki. So we signed up for East Coast because we thought it was, you know, easier at the time, and oh. my dad had this whole plan. And <laughs> and uh, and then Button came along and brought on Yamaha, and then I was I was out. I was like, oh, well, I, I, I got a Suzuki deal. Like, I can't yeah. ride Yamahas. And so, oh, okay. So, yeah. I so, didn't even know that. Um, yeah, it, you know, looking at your results in, in the vault, like, yeah, you made a ton of main events at 125 Supercross. Like, that seemed no problem to get into there. But, you know, it's 
funny, like Pink Pink tells a story like he was kind of he was from Arizona, right? Well, Montana, then he moved to Arizona for a bit. And he was pretty clueless on pro racing and training and what to do, which is I hear this story over and over and over from so many guys like yourself. He was kind of clueless. And Randy Lawrence, he got Randy Lawrence as a mechanic. And Randy was like, oh, no, you got to go bicycle. You have to go to the gym. And he's and Ping was like, oh, OK. And Randy Lawrence was like, these are what these guys do. You know, but he had no idea, and it's and you were probably the same way. You really had no idea. You didn't. It's not that you didn't want to do it. It's not that you were lazy. You just had no idea. Nobody gave you like a roadmap to be like being a pro like they have nowadays. It's so different now. It's I had no idea. You know, it's just you just basically try to latch yourself onto someone else and watch what they're doing. But you yeah. know, there was no internet. There was no like now you could yeah. you could figure something out. You could at least have something and i remember i was i was an idiot i was always like afraid i wasn't i was scrawny tiny no muscle and i was afraid to lift weights because i thought i would get arm pump and i I absolutely needed some more strength on me and probably would have helped with injuries and but yeah you're absolutely right um just you're kind of just winging it you know so and things had been working you know i had progressed you know at the rate i was and came through the ranks and did fairly well and and um and, you know, I'm thinking, well, if I just keep on this path, I'll be good. And then you get one injury and, and mm. you get another. And then next thing you know, you're you're clawing to stay where you were. And then you lose some support. And then, then you're, yeah. So um, the downward spiral. Who, who was on your pit pro team? Because you guys had ads in magazines and everything. Who was in the pit pro team? That was cool. Yeah, that was, um, so Tyler Evans. Oh, it was Pat Evans. Foster. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Pat Foster. And, uh, and this guy, David Evilsizer. Evil Sizer, I forgot Evil about Sizer, it. Yep. Yeah, nah, that, right. that was a good dude. I had no idea what happened to him, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he was cool. He was way yeah, cool. yeah. And Evans, uh, that's right. Tyler Evans too. Yep. Um, yeah, but, that was a fun a fun year for me. That was like my first real year doing the whole mm-hmm. the whole series. I mean, it was basically my my rookie year. I had yeah. raced the two years prior, but I only did two. Um. I actually did four supercrosses my first year, and those are when they were east west. And that yeah. was that was gnarly. Like all the guys on the coast. Uh, yeah, they just lined I up made them. the other coast. Yeah. Yeah, and then um. So yeah, that was my first year. So and it was cool. They we had those nickel plated frames. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. they, and I remember the first round of LA Coliseum, we had a answer did some uh, photo shoots of us on the top of the peristyle, and then Factory Effects was doing our bikes. Mm-hmm. And, McGrath had just switched to Suzuki, so there was a lot of buzz around the Suzuki pits, and we were parked right next to the rig. So, yeah, it was an exciting, yeah, exciting night for for um, us, for me in, too. In '99, you're on a Yamaha. At least it says so in the vault. You go seven seven at two races, and then that's all you race. So, I'm guessing you switched to Yamaha and got hurt. Yeah, I um, I got Yamahas, and I uh, actually missed the first couple of races because I was racing in in Europe. I oh, went okay. to Dortmund and did the yep. The Dort- Dortmund and Kiel, the last two rounds. Oh, um, I did. I did. Poke. Wait, in '99. '99, yep. I was there. I rode for, I rode for the Red Bull team with uh, Craig, uh, uh, from Australia, Reed's cousin. Oh, uh, Anderson, Craig, Craig Anderson. Uh, I uh, Anderson, yeah. I was there. We did Kiel. I was working for Thomas Knight, but that Jerome Hemery kid, and um, mm-hmm. this Finnish Finnish guy. I don't remember you being there. I remember talking to any any Americans that came over. Like I was so happy to see them. Um, remember Keel was like 25 yeah. second lap times. It was like, Oh, it was tiny. I know. No, it was, it was crazy. Cause, um, it was a last minute deal. Cause I think Dubok was supposed to go and he couldn't go. And so they called me to do it. Um, 
I was on Yamaha, the YZ250, and uh, yeah, it was Red Bull, and it was funny because <laughs> I didn't know what Red Bull was. Yeah, uh, they weren't, you know, yeah, they yeah. weren't what they were yep. now. And um, so I go there, and um, I remember they're like, "Hey, drink this." So I chug one right before the race. <laughs> and I remember I had the worst. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, I was yeah. like, but they're like, "Hey, well, come to find out, like Craig Anderson and those guys, they were diluting it. Like they were like doing oh. like a." you know, 80, okay, 20 yeah, ratio yeah, yeah. of mainly water. <laughs> so, so, but I ended up podium the first night and I didn't even know I got on the podium. Like yeah. the tracks were so yeah, tight just, and at yeah. Dortmund the first night I, I got third and I go back to the truck and they're like, you need to go back. You got third. And I had no idea. Yeah. And then the second night, Mike Jones and me got together in the whoops and he got out of shape and, and cleaned us both out. And then at the after party that night, he's like, you took me out. And I'm like, no, Jones, you took me out and you scared me. And I'm like, okay, I took you out. <laughs> Fine. Hey, do you? I don't know if you remember the after party at, at Dortmund that year, but it was uh, uh, a guy had a chainsaw in there. And it was super low ceiling, right? And he had a chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. You're like, what's with the yeah. chainsaw? Shut the chainsaw off. And, and JSR was hammered. Oh, God, JSR yep, was yep. unbelievably <laughs> hammered. I don't remember you there. Why didn't we? Were, did we not talk? I was. I was I there. Know. I was. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I was. And it was last minute incognito. Just, okay. Yeah, um, I ended up. But anyway, so pretty well. yeah, so seven seven, that's awesome. And that's... then I came back and and went seven seven, and then um, and then the next weekend was a Mickey Thompson race in the Qualcomm Stadium, and I blew out my knee. <laughs> you were landed, you landed on the flat, slippery dirt from a single jump. I know. I, I um, they they just basically started you with by how you signed up. And yeah. I signed up late, like uh -huh. I was I was like a last minute entry, so right. I was like, and it's a flat track with flat corners from. It's just ice. Oh yeah, the trucks. Those, those, those the are, dirt off. Those it. are great. <laughs> so I'm like on the back row, and I'm thinking, well, how am I going to pull this off? And I remember I was like, well, I'm just going to bomb down the inside and like pinball everyone out. <laughs> and when I and I was on a borrowed 400 YZ 400, right. and the thing weighed like yeah, it was a 426 or a 400. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. And like it just the front end just pushed so quick, and I put my leg out, and there went my knee. So. That was basically my season for that, yeah. Seven seven. Yeah, because yeah, seven seven is pretty. What were you were were you riding for Motor World or what were you? Who were you riding for? No, just just just, just some just, just, um, good friends that okay. locally like yeah, yeah. sponsored me. They they uh, two guys each guy bought a YZ125 and and um, we just just did our own privateer thing and yeah, I think Seattle. I was like fifth sixth until a few laps to go and and um, I think Lytle and. Someone else, I can't remember, got me. And then at, at uh, Anaheim, kind of same thing. I ran just seventh the whole race right behind Ping. I, Ping was like fourth, and then we were all fairly close. You know, so. Yeah. Um, so the AM Leonard thing comes the next year, and that's when I start to really hang out with you. I'm at KTM Factory Team. That AM Leonard thing, that might be – that might be a magazine story, Wheeler. Like this, Absolutely. this guy comes in, a beautiful truck. Frankie's there. Frankie now Moosecans mechanic. Yep. Um, yep. It's yourself, Joe Olaf. Um, help me out. Who Bur else? Mark Burkhart. Oh yeah, Mark Burkhart. How, how can I forget Berkey? Um, yep, and Terlecki, Ryan. Terlecki. And Ryan Terlecki, and the guy. You know, KTM relaunches their factory team. Uh, I'm on that. Squad Alan Brown hires me for that. Uh, Shane King, Kelly Smith, and, and Keith Johnson, and all that. And then, and then to make things even bigger, like AM Leonard comes in, this guy from Ohio, and he's KTM support. And KTM goes from having no bikes to having eight bikes, um, or, or even more with Shane King. Um, who is this AM Leonard guy, and how did that happen for you? And, and what, what was that like? 
Well, the Aim Leonard, it was it's a horticultural company and based out of Ohio. Um, so I didn't really know anything about it. It, it basically <laughs> through Joe 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 Aloff. I went to I went to the Montreal Supercross okay. at the end of ninety nine. Like I, I my you know, got my knee yeah. all fixed. I did the rehab six months, seven months, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And um actually um went there and, and Joe um came up to me and said, Hey, we're doing this, putting this team together. Are you interested? And, um, I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, and so you're we, like, that's I, how it all, you're like, I raced twice and blew my knee out. Of course I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was the seventh. He's like, he's like, man, you were kicking butt. Yeah. And, and you know, and you're, he knew you're like, well, Mar- you're like the Coster and McCarty aren't exactly calling me. Yes. I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Exactly. So, okay. So, yeah, yeah, because so Joe's from Ohio right. originally, so that's that's where that kind of came together. Joe, yeah, Joe's the one. He, I think Joe was like giving his kids um, um, lessons. Like his kids had like okay. fifties. So the guy's loaded. So Joe, he's loaded. This guy. Yeah. And, and, well, it's like a family business. I, okay. I think um, somehow he was involved in that, and yeah, so he's got money, and so yeah, they they start this team, and it was cool. I mean, it was very frustrating. But looking back, it was really fun, and, and uh, we had to live out of the Ohio, out of the a warehouse in Piqua, Ohio. So, <laughs> well, we had to live it. We had to live in uh, Amherst, so don't worry about it. We didn't do much worse, so much yeah, better. yeah. Um, so we had all these bunk beds in the warehouse, and and it was pretty cool. It was fun, um, but we, like you said, we had the, the yeah, baddest semi. Oh, pit. dude, it was, semi was, it was insane. Awesome. Yeah. I remember, I remember McGrath's dad. Jack came in at one of the races and it was during outdoors uh-huh. and I, I think they might've been looking at it or trying to replicate it or something. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's like, you guys are so lucky. You don't know how lucky you are to have this rig. And I'm like, I don't care about this rig. I want, <laughs> I'd rather have some spare parts and be able to practice during the week without my bike. <laughs> well, that was your, so, yeah. You've always told me that like the, you pull open those drawers, the, the list is in the semi and there was nothing in there. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. That so was like, um, yeah, that was just because I I started like we were just we we, I mean the you know KTM at that time was I mean you probably know you were on the other team but we were I was breaking stuff all the time yeah. I couldn't get through a week yeah. without something breaking on my bike and I'd miss you know I'd miss well, half the month. You, you probably don't even remember because you weren't didn't didn't you know notice but the quality control of swing arms and frames and things you'd measure them and it'd be so far off. <laughs> You'd be like, well, I'm just going to put this on. Hopefully Kelly won't even notice. This is the only frame we have left. So. Um, I, but yeah. So I I never met that guy or even seen him at a race. I have no idea who that guy was, that A.M. Leonard guy. And Yeah, he was – I mean, it, it's, it sucks because, you know, we need these guys in our sport and everything. And yeah. I think if he would have um, – you know, he kind of was trying to do like a – he is a he had a football background, so he okay. was trying to do everything in football like Gibbs. He was Coy Gibbs to... ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He was just trying to like you've got to train this way, and you, this is what we do for football. And That's I what remember... Coy tried at first. Coy tried yeah, that at first. Yeah, doesn't doesn't work. I mean, I mean, for some guys it may work, mm-hmm. but every every rider is kind of a little different and has their own thing that drives them or or make, helps yeah. them excel. So um, I just didn't mesh with that um so much but the problem with what well, i basically got hurt right before the first race I yeah just located my hip so that you know i had i was actually very excited like we were we you, were training i had a group of people it's like mm-hmm. the first time i really had like um 
I was, you know, we lived in Ohio. That's all we could do was, was ride the supercross track that Joe had and, and, uh, train, you know? So I felt like I was really in a really good position going into, um, into, into, into that season. You, um, uh, you dislocated your hip. I want to say a day before or a day after, uh, early in the, before the season started. And it was a day, it was a day or before or after, after I took Keith Johnson to Staben's ranch and he dislocated both wrists. Oh, I heard you tell that story before. Yeah, and I think we got like, hey, Keith Johnson dislocated both wrists. He's he's out for you know a long time. Hey, Chris Wheeler's hip went out and he's out for a long time. And we were just like, oh man. Um, yeah, yeah, that's how it. And then you know, Donovan obviously. Yeah, had his that's right. Major injury, you know, in the uh, few months prior. So, yeah, it was we, definitely we, kind of <laughs> bad time. We used to tell Regis, if you don't pick it up, we're going to put you on AM Leonard. You're going to go down to AM Leonard, Regis. <laughs> Regis, if, oh, you, if you don't Regis, if you don't get some results, we are going to pull Terlecki up and put you down. There. <laughs> and then yeah, hey, Regis was. <laughs> and hey, how about Terlecki? Literally, every time I talked to the guy, he was the happiest guy in the world. Am Leonard didn't matter; nothing mattered. He was just always happy. Terlecki. He was absolutely just the nicest guy ever. <laughs> right. You could punch him in his nose, right. and he would be like, right. "Oh, what'd you do that for, man? Oh man, that's <laughs> awesome! Thanks, dude. That's great." Yeah. Um, Super nice guy. I still see him at Washougal every now and then. But, so, yeah, one year. The guy's in one year. I, I, I assume he bought the truck. Maybe he was just leasing it. All that investment, and then he's out. That's it. I'm done. Like, what? Well, he, <laughs> well, he wasn't necessarily out. He was supposed to be the Suzuki. Oh, he was? Okay. The following year. Yeah. So, I remember we we kind of got I, – I'd kind of had a little – dispute with him i i like i wasn't a fan like i came back for i for outdoors uh-huh. um i did the last couple supercrosses but i basically was just out there riding around because i i wasn't technically released from the doctor but i was training i was mm-hmm. you know doing everything the same as all the other guys um and he was like you're training you need to be racing and um <laughs> so i basically did the last three races of supercross and i'm like well you know, uh, I'm, the doctor's like, you need to take more time. And yeah, yeah. so I was kind of confused. I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'll, I'll go. And like the first round, I didn't even race the main. I just qualified for the night and packed it in. But coming for outdoors, um, we had a little, you know, we got in a little dispute because he wanted everyone to train a certain way and uh-huh. do certain things. And after a while, I'm like, it's, it's I'm like, it's not working. Like you, you're <laughs> making like, it's, it's just this. I didn't agree with it. And yep. I'm like, I'll, you know, we did it for so long. I'm like, okay, let's just let us do what we do and we'll work with the trainers, but can we structure it this way or that way? Yeah. And, and, um, so they were trying to do a Suzuki deal and they had, they had gotten it. Like they were supposed to do it. Like they were almost, it was almost signed or I don't know what okay. happened. And then the 11th, the 11th hour, the guy came and asked for more money than they had already all agreed upon. Oh, something to do with okay, that. Yeah, there so, was some yep. something. I don't know the. I don't know the exact details. But yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was more more bikes. More, or more, more something. Money or yeah, yeah. Something, and I think I think Suzuki um, was like, "Hey, like, okay." Well, somehow it all fell apart at the last second. So, um, but yeah, he was he was oh, supposed okay. to be. Yeah, were on I, it. yeah because I, I remember they were telling us like, "Hey, we've got room for one guy." Like, the the plan was like they were going to be able to keep. Like it was going to be Suzuki was higher doing the team, and yeah. then he was going to be able to to fill one spot. Right. So I remember he was like kind of I think holding it over you guys. Or, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I want to ride for you because we just weren't getting along. Right. So like I remember him telling the other guy, like I was at the outdoors, I was actually ended up being the top guy on, on the team for, mm-hmm. to finish up the outdoor series. And yeah. he's like, I, like I got to pick the top guy, but he didn't. We didn't get along. He was like, How, "You guys got to beat Wheeler." <laughs> so, anyway, I hate Wheeler. Please beat him. But yeah, so, the, yeah. so no, this, it, was, it wasn't like that. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. Weren't seeing eye to eye. So it, it, yeah, one year, and then he's out. He doesn't get the Suzuki deal, and, and that's it. Am Leonard gone? Um, Done, yeah, very weird. bizarre. Uh, the last race in 2000, a Chris Wheeler goes 15-14 at Steel City, right behind a Steve Mathis tuned Kelly Smith at 17-11. So, oh, great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Got me. And right in front of us was Preston and right behind you was Andrew Short. What a what a murderer's row of guys. Andrew Short on the on the Cowie. So Nice. Um yeah, funny to to think about that. Um and so you okay, so you get back on Suzuki again and uh you know, you go through some privateer years or whatever. You have a tough year the next year. It looks like you only raced once. Um yeah, well, yeah. that was '01. I took a full-time testing gig because oh, was that okay? Yeah. I I didn't have anything going on for for 2001, and yeah. I'm like, man, what am I gonna do? And Suzuki offered me like a full, basically, you your contract to test, and you could do you know select events. We'll give you bikes and parts, and and uh, you know some some cash. And uh, so I was full-time on call whenever they needed a test, and I did. I think I did Glen Helen National, maybe yeah, on that was my it. own. Yep. Yeah, and I had like the the, one of the R&D mechanics, he mechanic for me. And I did like, <laughs> I made good money. I did like golden States and oh, okay. Suzuki, like their contingency was really good. Yep. Um, and then I did Europe. I did, I did, you know, I did Europe and Oh, what was that? 2000. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I think I did it on a, I actually did it on a Honda, but anyway, yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, when do you head to Blackfoot? When does that come together? Oh, three. Oh, three. Okay. So Blackfoot Honda yep. reaches out to you. Yeah, I did a, a small stint with ECC before oh, ECC. before in O two with Stingray. Oh, um, do you want to get into yeah. that or no? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was having problems with my hip. Like I okay. had, so the first time I dislocated my hip was at A one in two thousand, and um, it was out for like six hours, and they they wouldn't put it back in, and I don't know why. And I come to find out, I had this thing called Perthes disease, where okay. my the blood flow when you're young it doesn't. Dude, that's what Michael. That's what Bo Jackson had. Well, what? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Something okay. like that. Exactly. Yeah. So they like the blood flow doesn't go through your your hip um, uh-huh. socket there, and it, it your your the sockets on the top of your femur are uh-huh. abnormally shaped. So it, it just causes this weird. Like I can't sit Indian style. I never knew it. I never knew it. But when I okay. dislocated it, they figured it out. So they were like, "What do we? That have a specialist come in." So uh-huh. that was kind of becoming a problem. Okay. Then I rode for. Stingray, like I was kind of like, well, do I keep racing? That's why I took the testing job. Mm-hmm. And then I got my Craig was like, hey, do you want to be on the ECC and we'll do West Coast and outdoors? And I'm like, yeah. And then when I went over to Europe, I went over to Germany, you know, that before mm-hmm. 02 season, I was, I like got second in Munich and then the behind, second night behind, I dislocated my hip. Behind JT? Boniface. Behind JT? No, behind Boniface. Okay, because JT would have been there and dominating then too. I don't, it's weird. I don't remember JT. Oh, stop there. it. He's two time German Supercross champion. No, no. I, I know absolutely, like I know he is, but I don't remember racing him in Germany. It's too it's far, weird. too far in front of you. Probably. <laughs> you dislocate your hip but, uh, in Munich, though. Oh my god, that must have been horrible. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it was. I don't mean to laugh, but oh god. <laughs> no, the story there is insane. So I, I, we, we, we had a two week 
Like you would race yeah. in Munich, and then right. we stayed, and we would go, and we'd go race in the in snow, city, right? In the snow cold, yeah. you stayed during the week. Yes, I'm aware. So the first night, I got second, made good amount of cash, had a trophy, right? And the second night, I was winning the heat, and I clipped the hay bale going up the finish with my foot, and it, <laughs> it made me take a hard ride off the lip, and I landed on the berm coming the other way. Uh. <laughs> and, it, and it popped my hip out. Like, I didn't crash. I just okay. framed yep. the berm. And it popped my hip out, and then when I when I fell over, my hip popped back in. But it was like it was really painful, and I'm like, man, my hip definitely went out. So my leg was all weird, and I was already concerned because I'd already had the problem. Yeah, and you I knew the problem right. I had. So I decided like to go home, and I had like I had to get a cane because my leg was all jacked up. So I had to take a train in the middle of the night across to to the other city where my plane ticket was to fly out okay, of. Yeah. Can't remember what the other. So I get on the train in the middle of the night. With your gear bag and, uh, and everything, I imagine, right? Yeah. Gear bag, yeah. trophy. I've got a lot of cash on me. Um, <laughs> and, and a I cane. Go in this and little, a cane. <laughs> and a cane. So, so I go in this little stall, right? Like how the trains have their little mm -hmm. rooms and like other people, like there could be. Yeah. And it's in the middle of the night. Yeah. I remember Ryan Clark and uh, Dustin Nelson, I think, was with me. They, they boarded. They're like, here, see you. They sent me off. Yeah. And this guy, like we do a stop. And I'm just trying to know what, what the names are. Yeah. Stop so I don't miss my stop. And the, the, the guy comes in. He sits there, and he's staring at me. He's a weirdo. And I'm like, man, this is kind of weird. Like, I'm getting nervous. This is hostile. Cash on me. Before hostile. This is hostile. Before that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm, but I'm like, something's wrong. Like, I just had this weird feeling. Okay. So we go to a stop, and I'm, I get up, and I'm like, go to use the restroom. I come back, and the dude is getting – escorted out by police they had come on the train what? pulled this guy out and and i don't know what i don't know why like i, I don't know what they were saying because they were speaking in german but i was like this is weird like was a dude gonna get me murder me or what because he just i had that you know when you know yeah, someone's like yeah, shady? Yeah, yeah yeah it was really scary i'm like man who knows why they grabbed this guy but yeah that's, so yeah that's really weird <laughs> isn't that funny when you think back to those times in europe i've been there too a bunch and and even before, like, say, cell phones and all that, like, what, how in the hell did we figure anything out? Like, it's just so weird. We, you know, it's cr it's crazy. Like, I yeah, know. like you don't people don't realize how. I remember watching I the. Know, we the, were just young. Yeah, watching the train station thing flip with the city let with the city names, yep. you know, and you're like, I think that's my city. Like Vienna is spelled different from Venice than the way we say it, and you're like, I think that's where I gotta go. I don't know. Oh, geez, yeah, um, funny. Um, uh, yeah. So okay. Uh, and then you start moving more into the the Blackfoot thing. So when does that happen? So that's '03. Um, I kind of was trying to stop racing at the time, um, <laughs> but people just, kept wanting you to pay testing. you, <laughs> right? Well, Rich. So Rich Taylor's like, "Hey, we can do the four stroke nationals. FMF's going to help us out, uh -huh. and we can get some bikes from ECC and Honda." So we rode some Hondas. Did the first few rounds of the four stroke nationals. Uh, at one point, I actually think I was leading the series, and um, and then. Blackfoot, um, FMF was a sponsor of Blackfoot and, and Turbo Reef got hurt. So they right. called me like, Hey, you want to ride the, for the team? It was like, it was kind of last minute. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, basically, um, went up there, did a little test and they're like, yeah, awesome. You, right. You're on the team, run it, let's go. So yeah. So I, I, um, I go up to Canada and, uh, um, first round, <laughs> break my neck <laughs> so yeah that was it's it's that uh was it. it's muddy it's mission it's muddy and 
Yeah, you break your neck. It was it, it was awesome. Like the the, the the I like the track. This guy, the team was awesome. The mm-hmm. bike was good. The, the engine wasn't that fast, but the bike just worked so well. Um, and the team, like they, I could tell them, hey, change this, go do that, and they did. Like it was right. Just everything was clicking. I'm like, man, this could be really good. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I won the, the first day, and then like the pack, like the qualifiers or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, uh, and then in the first moto, I got like a mid pack start. I don't know what I was, maybe yep. 12, 10, something like that, and worked my way into the lead. And um, honestly, I just started brain farting. I I, I kind of got I gapped second, and I just started thinking about other things. I wasn't even I don't I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. lost my concentration. Weird, and, right? Yeah, yeah, I was like think thinking about what I was going to do for moto two, and kind of you know <clears throat> mm-hmm. well, you know getting yeah. prepped for moto two and go to tim hortons where right. am i gonna when am i gonna go to tim hortons <laughs> you know, that type of stuff. yeah and uh just came up there was a rhythm lane like seven jumps and uh like the fast like you'd you'd come out of a corner and you'd you'd go three two two uh-huh. i believe yeah and uh it was a little bit hard to go three um like you had to do the corn the yeah. rut like pretty pretty yeah. clean to, to get it and i was a little bit heavier than than most guys i was a taller guy so and um, I messed the corner up a little bit, and I still tried to go three. And, like, when I cased it, I was expecting it to kick me in an endo. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was weird. It, like, bounced straight up, and my, my hand came off the bar. And, yeah, that's uh, weird. So I, went into yeah. the, I went to the next, like, three or four jumps with one hand on the bike. <laughs> and I just, yeah, just, I, just, I just slowly, like, went over the, the handlebars, and uh, my head clipped. As I did a somersault forward, my head clipped the top of one of the jumps, and it just pushed my head too far forward. Ugh. And and I jumped. I stood up, yeah, because it was. Yeah. I mean, there was only a few laps left to go, and I had a you know I had a little lead, so I was like, all right, I could still salvage this. You yeah. know, get price. Yeah, I get second or third. You know, no problem. And I took a couple steps, and like my it felt like I stuck my finger in an electrical outlet, and my left like my left hand just oh, like no shot me. And damn. Yeah, and. And the reason I kind of knew is because remember, um, yeah, I grew up with Craig Decker and he had broke his back at the Vegas Supercross yeah. years earlier. Yep. And um, I remember him telling me that he stood up and his legs felt like jello, like he couldn't hold his body weight up. And he sat down and, and that's exactly what happened to me. Like I stood up, I took a couple steps yep. and then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, this is not good. And um, I laid down. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let him move me. Um, the lady was trying to pull my helmet off. And <laughs> I was. Joe Skid, our, our, the the technical yeah. director uh, for Blackbird, he was standing right. He was sitting there. I'm like, Joe, do not let her pull my helmet off. Like I was, I was just really afraid. Yeah, of yeah. Good, good thinking by you though. By the way, like not everybody thinks like that. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I don't, I have no yeah. idea why I was thinking that way. But it's just instinct, I guess. But right. they brought me to, they brought me to the first hospital, and um, that they were like, ah, oh, we don't think anything's wrong. Like, but they they admitted their equipment wasn't that good. <laughs> So they brought, so, so they brought me, Canadian healthcare. <laughs> so they brought me to the second hospital, and then they were like, "Well, it looks like you like your C five, and yep. um, something's going on there. So there's a fracture, or something's going yep. on." So they they put me in a WestJet like little plane, and they flew me to Harborview in Seattle. It's like a top. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they they they. I mean, Blackfoot totally dialed me in with that. And they, those guys, those guys, a ton for helping me that get that to over to Harborview. And once I got there, they they saw like my C five, six, and seven was mm-hmm. really messed up, like broken, and like the vertebrae was moved. And dude, they, um, was, were you close to getting paralyzed? I mean, did they tell you? 
the day? I don't know. It's, I've got really lucky, absolutely lucky. Yeah. You know, but they had to fuse all three, and they they basically put me in a tong. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. Where it it looks like a wishbone, and they they drill into the side of just yeah. your ears, oh. and they and they put you in traction. And I was in traction for a week, so so they did that that night, and then um, put me in traction, and I was on one of those rotating beds, so the your blood. Oh yeah, yeah, keep, yep. So the keep blood you. flow. Yep. And I remember, I think my dad came like a day or two later. He was able to fly up there because um, at first I was by myself, and uh, he. Um, I remember in the middle of the night. And I was so out of it. I don't mm-hmm. know. But I remember waking up and trying to, like, I was like, I go to the bathroom and I was trying to sit up mm-hmm. and I was so out of it. And I, for some reason, I'm like, oh, my head's like strapped down. And I started like moving the thing on my <laughs> the side of my head. Oh, the little screws, and right? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I panicked. I freak. I had a major panic attack or freak out. And, um, cause I, wow. I kind of like came out of my, my funk and yeah. I realized like, wait, I'm actually yeah. kind of figured out what, what was like where I was and what was happening. And like, I thought like the thing had shifted, like the weight had moved mm-hmm. and it like was gonna like paralyze me. I was like, and I started panicking cause then I'm like holding it. I'm like, Oh my God, like, what did I just do? And then I'm, I'm like <laughs> yelling at the top of my lungs. It was, yeah, it was bad. They had to come in and give me some like shot to calm me down. And, wow. Wheeler yeah, freaks yeah. out. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very fun. You you were like one of those guys that breaks out of a hospital and rips all the IV things out, like <laughs> takes off. Oh man. Yeah, I don't I don't know. So so anyway, yeah. So I was in there for so like ten days. Was that yeah. is that literally the last time you raced? I mean, seriously, was, as a professional, like y- yeah, yeah, yep, that was it. Oh, okay, that was that was the Dunsky. I, um, that's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's a hard way to go out too. Right, a hard way to be like. Oh, I guess that's it. Like now, I got to get a job with Suzuki and and everything. Yeah, right? well, yeah. honest, honestly, I was already kind of like trying to, like I told you, I was yeah. trying to be done with racing. I actually at that time I was working at Tag Metals. Okay. Oh, that's right. I forgot um, about the tag job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was doing. Because um, yeah, doing weren't, tag. weren't you my guy in O two when I worked for Nick Way? Yeah, yeah. I think you absolutely. were. We ran tag. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep, that's okay. right. Um. So I, you know, I did that. I just, I was kind of doing that like a few days a week and right. then I was testing a few days a week and then I was like racing on the weekends and then, um, yeah, if you ever, yeah, then I if you ever pull. needed a sign that it's over, like it's over, that was a yeah. pretty good one. There you, right. That was it. I, absolutely. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, that was really sketchy. This really scary. And I was very thankful to, you know, come out the other side and, and, um, it was, you know, it was a, took a while to get kind of going again. And then I, I think there was like a weird time where all of a sudden, like, I think the swelling and everything kind of lined up and I, I went from being like hard to kind of get from room to room uh-huh. to like, Hey, I'm pretty good now. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, I, uh, you know, so. Yeah. You're like, Hey, I made it through. Like I'm, yeah. Amazingly. I'm okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, um, well now you're the so, boss of yeah, Suzuki. That... Now you're basically Chris Suzuki. That's basically what your name is. <laughs> Yeah. Chris Suzuki. <laughs> Not quite. Um, nope. Do we want to talk about JS7 or no? I don't really know much to say. Um, it was I mean, terrible. I, I came. It was terrible for I, you guys. I felt, and I like James, but it reminded yeah, me. It reminded me of James at at JGR, where you're just like, this is terrible for everyone. This is nobody is a winner here. <laughs> that's all. That's all you could think of. And you know what? Poor Mike Webb. He loved James, and he kind of – I feel like Mike gambled on James and stood up for him and shielded him, him 
and it might have cost Webb a little bit of his sanity because near the end there, I think Mike was going crazy. Um, yeah, bad deal for James, for, for Suzuki, for Mike, for Yosh. I'm sure the owner of Yosh, uh, Don, want to, what is his, what's Don, Don Sakakura? Um, Sakakura, yeah. I'm sure he, Don was just like, what am I doing? What is happening? So, bad deal. Yeah, I, honestly, it was before. Yeah, kind of before our, you I know, started. But. Yeah, I, I kind of don't. I mean, you know, I heard stories here and there, and, and I talked to James, and I don't know. I think just when I came involved, it was already at a weird spot. Yeah. I think he was already kind of not sure. I, I still don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I honestly, I don't know where, you know, where, uh, um, where his head's at. And so. How much, uh, how many Suzuki parts do you have in your garage? Honestly, I have none. Oh, stop it. Come on. I don't. I, I'm I honest need, to God. I need a set of those. I don't uh, even have a, I don't even have a bike. What? I have nothing in my garage. I need a set of those conventionals from like 96, 97 for a project bike. Dig around the shop. You got to have them later. <laughs> you know the you got to remember, I work, out of, I work out of Brea. We don't have. No, uh, I know. Yeah, Yosh, everything's at Yosh. Well, um, <laughs> like literally everything is gone from Brea. Like nothing, like everything's at Yosh type deal. Well, no, there's obviously oh. we obviously we have the customer some stuff. side okay. and we yeah. are the Suzuki and it's where like, you know, all the right. magazine stuff and, and um new model and press yeah. and all that is right. but the race stuff is all should I just should I just ask should I just ask R T? <laughs> Honestly, that's probably your best bet. Hey Rich, Rich. I need some ninety seven RM two fifty forks. Yeah, he's he's heavy now. He's got Richard's kicking butt, his son. So oh dude, he he always he always he's said he wouldn't be it. a mini dad, and he's wide open now. He's wide open. Oh, he's a, he's a mini dad, right? <laughs> um, he totally is. Absolutely, yeah. I, I I wish he would do. I wish X Brown goggles would get as much attention as his kids racing does. <laughs> I tell him that all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, now Richard's come a long way. He's he's yeah, doing well. He's doing well, and that that another guy. He's on Suzuki, so another person you got to work on keeping and and kind of nurturing and, and bringing up. So. Um, how much travel will you do be doing with this new gig? I mean, last year I saw you at a, quite a few, but um, now that things are settled, do you go to every one, or how, what, what? How much do you go and visit these teams and, and, and go to the races? Um, I, I would like to go to a majority of them. It's just dependent on like what's going on in the office because I'm I'm handling amateur as well. You know, and and um, there's a lot of hats that are worn. So, you know, pro side, um, anything to do with uh, anything we do with off road, yeah. arena cross, amateur, right. um, which we're trying to you know build that. So, um, you know, obviously the West Coast, there's a lot of them here, so I can do those fairly easily. And then um, I'll hit the, the big East Coast races. You know, okay. I know like in Atlanta, Daytona, there's a few of them there. So probably you know probably three quarter of the supercross and then yeah i mean it just depends you know on scheduling and what's going on in the office um and kind of what's going on with teams and stuff i think um case by case yeah yeah we'll see what happens well right on man hey thanks i told i had fun this was fun i liked it i hope you enjoyed it i I know we've been trying to do it for a long time and so i'm glad you found no yeah absolutely like i was i was listening i i have that like you know that long commute Mm -hmm. from Carlsbad to Brea, basically every day. Um, oh my so, God, really? You you live in Carlsbad? I didn't know you live that far down there. Yeah, I live uh, pretty close to the old track. So, um, yep, I got the commute going on. I, uh, as a big motocross uh, fan, 
I never got to ride Carlsbad, never got to race it. You know, it's the only race we got every year on TV up in Canada. That was it, just the USGP. And one day at KTM with Moen, I, uh, yep. we, were, we were done. We, were t- we tested there. And at the end of the day, I said, Moski, like, I'm, uh, hold on. I threw a helmet and boots on, and I did like four laps on, I don't know, even on a 125 or I don't even know. I did four laps around Carlsbad just to say, like, I've ridden Carlsbad. Like, I was just putting, you know, kind of trying to ride a little bit, but I was like, yes, I can die. I rode Carlsbad, <laughs> which is funny okay, for you because you, you did eight million laps there. But um, I was going up the freeway, and I was just like, yeah, check me out. I'm on the Carlsbad freeway. So good times. <laughs> <laughs> it's still kind of there, like, like my wife um, – where she works, she can see like from her building, she can see the track. So like the starting area, starting line area, yeah, that stuff's kind of still there. But the hill, the, the climb up the hill, there's a big yeah. building there covering that. So 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 okay. Yep. So, but you listen to some shows anyway. So you know you you understand what these are about. On your yeah, on absolutely your good. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean I I listen to a lot of stuff because I've got a lot of time under my belt so have i made have i made good. you do i, I make you mad it. do i make you mad every time you listen or is where i say something stupid or i criticize no sometimes okay. so, sometimes i'm i'm like where do you get that info that's not quite right or yeah that happens <laughs> it, just text me next time <laughs> just text me and be like you're an idiot oh it's funny but no uh, it's tough too like you know like because you know i know you're trying to get stuff out there and but also too when no, it's your are trying to get stuff yeah. going. It's like yeah. it's like, hey, we're you know, it's close, and sometimes it causes a rift. So, well, yeah, sometimes uh, I think myself and maybe others in the media, I, Dan Bentley and I went through this when Kenny was going there. Like, I'd been tweeting about it, and you know, I kind of knew about it. And Dan's like, "What you're tweeting is affecting people's jobs," and I think he's talking yeah. about Brent. Like, Trey's leaving, and Brent doesn't know what he's doing, and you know, Brent the mechanic, and 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 I'm like, yeah, but what am I supposed to do, Dan? I can't. We're the media. We can't, you know, if I don't put it out, someone else will or whatever. Like, it's a difficult situation, you know, so. Um, yeah, I know. I know yeah. you've asked me a few times and I can't, I couldn't tell you or whatever. It's yeah. tough because, because you know, like I said, things change or if I tell you and then, you know, it, yeah. it doesn't end up happening and you put it, whatever. So that's why, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But it is hard, yeah. too, because I see you post stuff and I'm like, that's not true. Or well, where do you get that information from? And, <laughs> and uh you know, for the most part, you, yeah. you have all the stuff there, but there's a couple things. I was like, wait a minute, that's not right. And, well, yeah. and stuff. And like, like the RCH thing, it's like, you know, everything, everyone's hammering away and everyone's busting their butt trying to get, you know, the sponsors dialed in and like, like they had the, you know, some LOIs going and then mm-hmm. they read the stuff on the internet and it's like, wait a minute. You know, sometimes that could affect what yeah, the agents thinks and agents call or gear guys call the riders, the riders call them or, or yeah, outside spot. Yeah. Whatever it, all of us in the yeah, media, you know, we need to. Realize it causes that, a ripple effect yeah. sometimes, and you're like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, so, and then you're putting that's out fires. The hard part. Well, I yeah, literally so. heard, "Hey, with RCH situation, I heard from someone that would know, like the PR, the PR saying that their folding is coming out today. Today, the PR is coming out saying they're folding, and I didn't post. I didn't post anything. I didn't say anything. Luckily, I didn't. But that's someone who would really know that talked to somebody involved said that that's happening, and I and I to this day I'm like, well, what? How did that ever happen? How did that PR not come out that day? You know what I mean? It's so confusing. I, yeah. I saw that on something like that on Vital, and I'm just like, I too was like, wait, it's like, what the hell is going on here? Like, it's all news to me. <laughs> you know, like, wait a minute. Like, are we, <laughs> oh, do is there something I don't know? Yeah, do we so, need to get our bikes I, back, I was, our parts and bikes back ASAP? <laughs> yeah, I think, like I was saying, sometimes that, you know, it it's, gets 
you know, those kind of rumors that there's no talk about something, like if there's no press release out or whatever, like, you know, rumors start going and then then it's like a game of telephone. The next Mm -hmm. guy hears it, he spins it a little bit, and then the next guy, and next thing you know, oh, the team's folding, and you're like, wait a minute, what? No, what's going on here? So, (laughs) yeah. I know. So that's that's the thing that, that... that I get like frustrated with, like, come sure. on, you know, and it's, it's a lot, it's everywhere. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, a different... hard thing to do. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. And it's all on us too to balance it a little bit and maybe try to do a better job as well, you know, um, you know, and all that. So, uh, motocross manager, Chris Wheeler, great podcast, man. Thank you for everything. Good luck with everything. Congrats on the JGR deal. Congrats on the RCH thing. That's awesome for you. Um, I think that's going to be a great job by Suzuki to, uh, put a, put a bunch of guys in the main event and inside the top five. Slash top ten, and uh, yeah, man, that's that's awesome. So uh, we will uh, we'll see you around, Wheeler. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Mathis. Appreciate it. Have All a good right. one. See ya. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as the Bad Boy Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbet because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. 
Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts.